She checked the text. That was my daughter's response to a question about her roommate. My daughter is just getting settled in college. She is developing relationships with dorm mates, professors, friends. And as we were having a discussion about her roommate, she shared that, well, they hadn't been with each other much because her roommate was hanging out with her boyfriend. And she was doing that more than usual because she was trying to salvage the relationship. And when I asked the reason that she had to salvage the relationship, my daughter responded, she checked the text. She went into her boyfriend's phone, uh, read every one of his texts, uh, and had a discussion with him about all of his other relationships. Because even though those lyrics were written more than 30 years ago, at a time when you would need to hide out in the bushes or follow them in your car, or spy through friends, you don't have to do that anymore. Uh, If if you want to have a sense of every move they make, every breath they take, every bond they break, every step they take, you just need to check the text. And maybe there's some of you who have done that. Perhaps you've been hanging out in your coach's office, having a discussion with him about your playing time, and you happen to notice his phone right there on the desk, and a text pops up, and it is from the teammate with whom you are competing for playing time. And then there's another text, and it seems evident to you that, well, they are communicating maybe more than you and the coach are communicating, and you have some difficulty with that. Or or perhaps you have a roommate uh, that said they weren't able to hang out with you because they had a study group to be at, and, and then you saw their phone sitting there on the table, and a, a text came in saying, hey, man, we had a great time at the restaurant. Thanks for coming to hang out with us. And you went and opened it up and, and just read that the roommate seemed to be distancing themselves from you. Or, or perhaps you have a relationship. And you've been out a few times, and uh, you realize that the, the person that you're dating is at other relationships, and while you are sitting in their car and they have run into the store just for a moment, a text comes from one of their previous relationships. And you decide not only to read it, but to respond. <laughs> because you, you have that experience of jealousy, and, and maybe you haven't done any of those things, but you have definitely had that experience of jealousy. You have pursued something, believing it to be love, because it was such a desire, it was such a passion, it would have to be love. But then you experience this, well, this sense of emptiness and this sense of loneliness. And for some preachers, this may be the part of the message in which they say that, you know, you ought not be jealous, and God's not jealous, and that's not, but actually that's not what the Bible teaches us. The Bible teaches us something in Exodus 34. In Exodus 34, uh, God is describing his relationship with his people. And he says, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Uh, He will do for the people awesome things that they have never seen. And then he says, but the people shall worship no other God. For the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. 
The Hebrew is kana. It is this... It is this word that doesn't just describe God, but he, Exodus 34 tells us it names him. You think about the names of God that you have heard. Uh, the righteous one, the eternal father, uh, the jealous God. That may not be a name that you have heard, but that is his name. He is a jealous God. Uh, we do not have a godly jealousy because we pursue things that are not ours. We may even pursue relationships that we ought not have. And we deal with an emptiness and a loneliness. But we have a jealous God that pursues us. That pursues a relationship with every one of us because we are his. Because we do belong to him. Even in those moments that, well, you may have said something to your roommate that you entirely regret. You have a God who is abounding in forgiveness for you. In those moments when uh, you have done something to ruin a relationship and the other person abandons you, you have a God who is overwhelming in faithfulness. In those moments that, well, you may not be getting the same playing time or you don't seem to have a relationship with your coach that some of your teammates do, you have a God that is going to do awesome things that you have not seen. You have a jealous God. The lyrics for this song are often misunderstood. There are people who believe it to be a love song. Uh, It really is a song about a love triangle. It's a song about jealousy. It's a song about brokenness. It's a song about a person that uh, really is going to be stalking somebody else. And Sting, the lead singer for the police, uh, wrote the lyrics to that song after having experienced his own love triangle. But Sting says there are people that come up to him all the time believing it to be a love song and there are people that have shared with him that that has been the song at their wedding. (laughs) And he has responded to them that that's not right. That ought not be your wedding song. I mean, this is a messed up song. But they play it at their wedding taking it seriously, believing that, you know, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there for you every step you take and uh, every vow you make, and I'm going to be right there, and we're going to love each other. And because people want to believe that. They want to have that kind of relationship. They want to have a sense, even as they are checking other people's texts, uh, that there is a relationship that is that passionate and that driven and that defined by love. And there is. That is the relationship that God desires to have with you. You may think you are sitting in chapel because of an expectant coach, just what you have to do. Or maybe you have a pious roommate, uh, and they drag you to chapel. Uh, Maybe you think you are sitting in chapel because you have a concerned professor uh, that just wants you to be here. You are sitting in chapel because you have a jealous God. You have a God who's going to work through every other relationship in your life to develop a relationship with him. Uh, You have a God uh, who would sacrifice anything in a relationship to be with you, so much so uh, that the Bible tells us of this God, this God who is forgiving and loving, this God who would do awesome things that you haven't seen. The Bible tells us of him that he would even sacrifice his own son, that he would hang his son on a cross 
and be separated from him so that your sin would be forgiven, so that you would be made right, so that you would be perfect, and that you would get to be in a relationship with him. That is the depth of his jealousy for you. There is no end he would not go to to have a relationship with you. He would die so that he would get to be with you forever. And that is a relationship like no other. She checked the text. Checking the text can ruin a relationship. Uh, That is the expectation when my daughter and I have our next conversation, uh, that her roommate's relationship is likely done. But that is not our experience with God. God has checked the text. He has seen everything you've ever written. He recognizes what you have done. And God is jealous for you. God loves you. God forgives you. God desires you. God pursues you like no other relationship that you will ever have. That is love. Seriously. In the name and for the sake of Jesus.